With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can you not tell I'm excited? They all roll off the bus looking like old men, a, a crickety. And I need that 8 4 5% coupon immediately. Jay is saying, you have that dog in him, but he's quiet. Spoon? Nah, dog. What happens if that defender falls? Maybe that defender has a booger in his nose. Maybe that defender got sweat coming at his eye. Good to it. Good to it. Let's get down to it. Good to it. Good to it. Good to it. Let's get down to it. The Agent 89 training camp tour for Cut to It rolls on this stop in the Pacific Northwest Seattle Seahawks training camp. Uh, they've got one of the most balanced rosters, top to bottom, offense, defense. We'll dive into some NFC West predictions, where Seattle could finish in the division in the, in the NFC overall. Can Geno Smith repeat the career bounce back season he had last year? Is he just here to stay now? Is there a Legion of Boom 2.0 potentially brewing in that secondary? And what does Jackson Smith and Jigba, rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State, what does he do to this already incredible receiving core? 89, what did you see out with Pete Carroll's Seahawks? Well, first of all, one of the biggest things I saw is a high energy. Uh, you hear about Pete Carroll, what he did at USC, uh, how he loves using philosophy and psychology and, you know, everything is high paced. The coaches, the assistant coaches, just everything that Pete Carroll does uh, there or the Seattle Seahawks is very interesting. And you hear about it and then seeing it, I would say I can understand when you become an older player, how it can get old. I also, as an older player, sitting back, it is refreshing, man, to, to know that you can have some, You can it can be unpredictable of what kind of energy we will get each and every practice. It, 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 was, it was just interesting to watch, man, and I, I've never experienced it. Like right before practice, first of all, they, first of all, you drive up and I'm on the highway and the right of me, you know, and, and my grandmother always told me, my grandmother from Seattle, um, and she's always told me there's no beautiful place, no p prettier place from June till pretty late September. I've never been here as a fan or just as a non-football player. So I've only come, you know, I, November, December, right. January, right. where it's all dreary, 
and it you know it's getting dark at four o'clock exaggerating you know 4 15 maybe um, say, yeah. <laughs> and the and i'm looking i'm taking pictures of the water right next to the highway and then we get to uh get to the facility bro facility is very identical or i, I would say the minnesota vikings facility the presentation of it is very identical but one thing minnesota and seattle they don't have they're not similar in bro their backyard is water bro it is so nice i've never been to their facility this is my first time wow and and then they had the um and during practice throughout practice they had uh i don't even know what they, the fighter jets that do the, the blue um, angels i was gonna bring the it blue up angels yeah. bro oh my <laughs> them, oh, it, they were zooming but just zoom zooming doing all this stuff man i'm over here trying to pay attention watching our our servicemen and women up there risk their life just for us mere mortals to ooh and ah they were putting up shows bro it was it was like first of all geno smith dropping a dime to 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 um um to swole bones himself uh dk metcalf in the back of the end zone setting them up real good and then zoom here comes the blue angel <laughs> diving down it was crazy just a festivity so they start practice and they got a dj he's playing all all types of music and then he's talking introducing and saying hey this is what we expect and then they had this team um kind of like pump up section and the offense is all on this side on one side defense on this side but the coaches are like going around the guys as they're in drills i'm not trying to be cheesy bro i'm not at all but it was very refreshing to see almost like a college-like atmosphere with the excitement um the fanfare for the fans it just made you like you get i'm not doing this but then you start it's like it's contagious like you got coaches bouncing around getting it going and then after every drill the coaches would make sure they meet their players with high fives and stuff it was just very man it was amazing it, it really for me watching and being around never being around that yeah I actually enjoyed watching and I wouldn't enjoy it 13 years in, right? Yeah. But, you know, for me, it was new. And for the, some of the young guys, I think it was a little bit of familiarity of what they've been used to coming out of college. And, and I kind of liked it, you know, again, I'm not there every day. So it was, it was refreshing to me. You just came from the Jets training camp where you said it, it felt like guys couldn't wait to hit somebody else. So these this seemed like a little bit of a different vibe, but still a positive. No, it was it was still it, it, it was the vibe of they had pep in their step, but okay. they was gonna hit you and then they you know and then dance in front of you. <laughs> a little bachata, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just it, it was just refreshing, bro. It was it was nice, man. I love what Peter's doing. I've heard stories to experience and to see. It was it, it, it really made sense to me. Well, it's like you could talk about veterans being there, but they did have quite a refresh last year. People predicted a pretty down year post yeah. Russ. Gino comes in, he feels refreshed. He got himself a new deal. So I'm sure he's loving all of this, no? He was, and but it was it was cool because when I saw him, 
I congratulated him, say, hey, man, you're doing a heck of a job. And he looked in, he looked in my eyes, say, hey, Cousin Smith, I'm just getting started, bro. I got a lot of unfinished uh, business. And I was like, oh, I said, well, well, let me get out your way. Sorry. And it was just great, man. He was out there dropping dimes, going through the progressions. Locke was out there. He was doing his thing. Um, you can see it's Gino's job, but they're really emphasizing um, making good decisions throwing the ball where it needs to go, running the football, just utilizing a lot of different formations, personnel. Um, you know, obviously with Walker sitting out and not participating, man, they had a lot of those guys, the young rookie. Um, he was out there looking refreshed who, who, who missed last year with injury, right? Just wasn't full strength. Bro, the Seattle Seahawks, you know whether it's Marshawn, uh, a, a Rashad Penny, right? No matter who's back there, Coach Carroll believes and understand running the football always makes your quarterback better. And they're doing that and participating in practice and emphasizing that in every period. Pass play, they still they still snuck in some type of run play just to keep the defense honest. Yeah, that's uh, we we hit on it in the intro. Shout out JB for that. But when you when I think of the Seahawks, I really do think balance. So if I'm yes. uh, if you're a defensive coordinator, it, is that more stressful? Like they could attack us in so many different ways this week. You have to say yes, just because defensive coordinators have a game plan. They do a ton of research. They do an analytic. And so you know when you go on a football game who who and what guys you have to be alert for, who and what guys uh, are on your list that can be problematic for your defense. What you don't account for is sometimes when you got two tight ends, then a, a, also a, 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 a tackle that's out there, they're running football, and then all of a sudden they sneak in a Tyler Lockett who can go out there and and, and run any route run past you, but then also be crafty enough. They just have a multiple looks that you know what's coming, and yet they still can lull you to sleep and sneak something out there as well. Let's let's talk about the rookies real quick. The, they had two first-round rookies, five and 20. They took Witherspoon. They took JSN, where they matched up against each other. What? How did they look individually if they weren't? How, how are they acclimating to the, the next stage of their career? Both of those are my guys. I was super excited to see them. Uh, I didn't tell them I was coming to practice. They had no idea. So JSN, actually, he looked at me and said, he got me, got me that, you know, he's he's in game mode, right? He's in right. there. And so every day's a game mode for the young rookies. Giving me a little head. And I said, oh, sh- what up? <laughs> and, and I was, but I was watching him warm up. You can see, yeah, he was playing in college. But his transition to become a pro, he is locked in. Yeah. Bro, lower extremity, looking great. You can see the transformation of being in college, lifting, getting ready for the pros, and then being in the organization and lifting, emphasizing lower body, strengthening, understanding that it's going to be a long season. He's transforming into a pro already, and he already had the measurements to do it. Man, talk to some people. They're so loving JSN. And one of the things that 
multiple people, scouts, John Snyder, their general manager, tells me they're going to help us. We knew we needed help. We just didn't know we needed that kind of help from that type of guy. Just Tyler Lockett, JSN, uh, DK. I'll go off script and tell you, man, I was super impressed with DK, his his routes, um, his patience at the line. You know what's coming, but yet he still has the ability to make you second guess and 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 think, and making your a DB think or making anyone think when you think you know it's coming, but it doesn't come. But then it does come later, and then you take off a step behind. Man, he set up. There's prop. They're probably on their website. There's a touchdown catch in the red zone. He sets up the defender, kind of gets him going, stops, like almost looks at him like, hey, hey. Welcome to welcome to Seahawks. Can I take your order? Yeah, I like a <laughs> tricker and took yeah. off running. Gino dropped a dime over the shoulder end zone. Toe tap, got it in. It it was really like rolling out of bed. He already knew what it was, how he was going to do it. And when you're talking about this, the secondary who was very active, run a lot of multiple coverages, and yet just seeing those guys, JSN was. JSN caught some passes all through training camp, one-hander in between. We're talking about JSN and some of the great catches he's made, but we're also not, you know, I talked about who's, that's that's the new, that's the new segment, man. Who threw it? Geno Smith threw has been throwing some dimes, putting the ball in places that I believe we haven't seen really until when he was at West Virginia, where people were saying, well, he's playing West Virginia, the, the, the opponents were so so. Anybody can make that throw. He looks very uh, precision, like in a way that we really haven't seen Gino. We saw him last year. Last year was like, okay, let's see, can he do it? You know, three more games. Then next thing you know, it's like, well, when is it all going to end? Well, he had a bad game, and we 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 take away from what the defense has done. Gino Smith was out there throwing dimes. Um, uh, Locke, he was he was doing some things too. He looked better. He looks more refreshed. Uh, seemed to understand exactly what he's doing versus when they first got him there. You know, talking to Pete, they said that you know he just seemed a little out of sorts, a uh, little down on himself. But man, they built him up, allowed him to be himself, and he seems to be positioning himself. I believe uh, to maybe. If he continues to grow and process the way he's processing, he can find himself uh, fighting for a starting job somewhere on another roster next year uh, just because he sat and and really developed and has some great coaching. And I I don't think you can speak enough about what Gino can be as a mentor since he spoke so highly about (laughs) sitting behind guys like Phillip Rivers after he was kind of cast aside by the Jets, really the whole NFL and Gino, I think it was last week, was saying, man, I hate that locks here. And people were like, what? And he's like, because he should be starting somewhere. Like, mm. I know this is my job, but he's good enough to be starting somewhere. So that's, A, I love that confidence from Gino. Like, I know this is my job. I'm not too concerned about the job here. This is the first offseason he's had ever that he's had that yeah. kind of confidence. He's been able to think, hey, this is my job. I don't have to be mm-hmm. looking over my shoulder. I don't have to be fighting for something. But he still has that decade of I know this isn't uh, uh, this isn't handed to me for the next decade, so I still have to be a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, good, you said bro. something. I mean, inter- I, you, yeah, yeah, you said something interesting I, I about DK. Go, I, I, I was oh, gonna go say, 
everything you just said, bro, I'm over there like, dang, that's pretty good, Coley. I'm like, dang, I, I, I just, you know, as football, former football players, or you, you're just in a daily grind, man, sometimes you forget about guys' journeys. You forget oh, yeah. about where they have been prior to where they are today. That's that's what I love about this stuff is the journey and seeing where guys come from and how they hold on to because they're gonna take so quickly. Guys get chances. There are a million Geno Smiths who are highly touted coming out of college who get that first or second round draft. They get one shot, you never hear from them again. Like it happens yeah. quickly. So him coming back, leading the league in completion percentage last year, getting that team playoff spot, being as good as they were last year. That doesn't happen, so I'm I'm very excited to see how he builds off of that. But you said something interesting about DK because I'm not uh, a former All Pro wide receiver like you yourself. You said he had patience at the line. What does that mm-hmm. mean? So patience at the line is right. You give an indicator step or you hesitate, but in your hesitation, you're not like sometimes when you hesitate or you know you can flinch or give an indicator step. He gave an indicator step. He went to the left, stopped, kind of went as if he was, what we'll say is um, he's opening up the gate to the left to come back in for a slant. He gave all indication that he was coming back inside for a slant, but took a small inside the framework of his body, a small indicator step like he's going to slant, put his ginormous <laughs> thighs, legs, calves, and Achilles in the ground and use that track speed that we've seen take off with and it was they was on the 20. It happened that fast. It was it was such a great timing route. You can see there, I saw there were certain routes. He's really honed in his craft and really starting to say, Yeah, I know there are certain routes that you know I'm gonna run but I'm going to put a little doubt and hesitation in how you cover me. And he executed it perfectly. He did that several times. Then there's another guy, uh, Jake Bobo. Okay. From UCLA. First of all, you know, I'm a Utah guy through and through. (laughs) And with Utah, I have gotten the opportunity to watch these guys when they were freshmen, red shirt freshmen. And I get to see flashes of what they could be, but I don't really say nothing. I just kind of, Put a little mental note. Jake, Jake Jake Bobo is not knocking him down like when you line him up, stand him next to DK. Like you stand him next to DK, you're like, who's the athlete? You're like, well, the guy on the right, possibly, but definitely <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Bobo was like, he he, he kind of warms up. He's like one of those old guys. You remember Doc, you remember uh Uncle Drew? Yeah, you know, yeah. you got Uncle Drew, like he, he they they all roll off the bus looking like old men, they a crickety, and and then all of a sudden you get that basketball number. You're like, what in the world? Bobo is just the same way. He kind of comes out of the field, kind of like he's looks not stretched and you know, kind of going through the motions. Man, they got they got drills going. He crossed, he put a DB in the blender, bro. <laughs> I'm I'm talking about a straight bullet. It, it was, mm, yep. Blend him up. Bro, he gave an indicator step. He went right, right, left, right again and went and slant. And the quarterback, because of the linebacker, flashed underneath. The quarterback had to go to the left and he was jumping up and down. 
And the corner had that look like, oh, God. That's <laughs> like, I'm glad he didn't see it. Yeah. They had to, you know, that's one of those, they had the right coverage. But the D, the DB did not have the like the right leverage. Jake Bobo is a guy, he had an outstanding senior bowl. And a lot of people were talking about uh, how good he did. I can see Jake Bobo kind of slowly integrating himself where he may not be seen this year. He may catch 15 or 20 passes, but you won't be able to hold him back. And he, he will gradually, he, he reminds me uh, of a Joe Jaravicious. Oh, wow. Where he can do okay, go somewhere else, and you say, "Man, who is this, and where did he come from?" Yeah, that's yeah. who reminds me of a. He that's exactly who he reminds me of. Tall, like you're like, you know, he's athletic, but you know he doesn't get a lot of run. Well, because there's you know Tyler Lockett, JSN, DK Metcalf, you know, just some ballers in front of him, right? You look at Joe Jarvis's Joe. I believe was on the New York Giants, but who was in front of him? You know, the mind tumor, you know what I mean? Just, you know, some, some guys that are pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes to Cleveland and you go, where has this dude been? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's who he reminds me of that. I believe he can have that impact. He just needs the opportunity. I'm not sure he'll get the full opportunity because of the type of players that are in front of. Him. Yeah. Which is, uh, a problem for him, a good problem for Seattle to have this much because mm-hmm. you, they also have a pretty decent tight end room too, based on the the Wilson trade. I'm a Will Disley guy, so they have weapons all over the field. Yes, they do. Uh, the tight ends, the tight ends, they want them to block. Uh, no offense, still getting back uh, in the speed of things. Uh, I'm not really sure. Just watching them. This is my observation. Watching them. I'm not sure he'll get back to the type of player that surprised us in Denver. Yeah. But I think he'll impact this offense at some point once he gets back fully healthy. There was something, since we're talking about receivers and, and running routes and, and all this, there was something you had said to Mingo during the, the cookout video that clicked in my head as something I, it was like a, a strange question to me, but for a receiver, it felt pretty commonplace. You asked him, what are you looking at? And, and oh, for, yeah, 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 yeah. for me, it's like the ball is the ball coming to me. But obviously it was a much more layered question than that. How many thoughts as a wide receiver are you stacking on a given route? Depends on the defense. Depends on the route. Depends on the down and distance. The whole situation varies on my thought process. That's all going on within three or four seconds. So I'll take you through it. One, what happened prior to, what did he do? I have to remove that out of my head, whether I caught the pass or not. So I'm walking back to the huddle. If I didn't win on the pass or the pass was dropped or something, I had several mental resets prior to me going back in that huddle. One, I always wore a rubber band. Um, and that rubber band was, I would have in parentheses, zero. That meant no matter how well it went, when I snapped this, we're back to zero. Back to zero. If I dropped the ball, that was my mental reset of clapping my hands. I, every, I can do anything I want, say anything I want, but once I clap my hands, it's over. 
it's over. Yeah. Now my rubber band was when I could not, after I clapped my hands, reset. So that was it was. So I had a, I had Plan A, clap my hands, reset. Plan B, I couldn't get. Hey, let's go. And by doing that, it 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 draws attention here and gets me out of my head. Yeah. Then I'm in the huddle and I hear the play. When they're telling me to play, I'm hand signaling where like I'm put my head down, looking at the ground. If he says, uh, I write, I played X uh, in Carolina majority of my career. So I was opposite of the call. Then I'll hear the protection. Then I'll hear the play. And as the play is going, depending on what's said, then I'm going through the route in which how, how will I release? What am I doing? Ready, break. Then we go out, and now I'm looking at the defense. What am I looking at the defense? Linebacker first, safety second. By that time, the corner is telling me what he is doing. Or I'm already going through my process. Okay, linebacker shaded underneath right there. Does the safety come down? Safety looks like he's coming down, so he will rotate. That means the quarterback and the line is re-identifying the Mike linebacker. Which, if it's a run play, that means I may have to go down and uh, get a little spicy <laughs> and uh, get this work. And then what the corner is doing, and as the corner indicates what he's doing, now I'm now running. Now I'm figuring out. All right, I got this type. I got an in route. He shade is is man coverage. Man, I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Or if it's zone coverage. And I have maybe a motion guy coming over here. I have to keep the integrity of the route. But I also, I have to either get in his wake or he's using my wake to get open. And am I drawing coverage at this moment? Or do I have a legitimate chance to catch the ball? Or am I the second read, the first read, depending on defense? That's all going on before the snap. When they snap the football, all that goes out the window. Now I'm concentrating on the defender. And what I talked about Mingo is what he's doing. What is he looking at is sometimes he's running a route, but that what happens if that defender falls? Maybe that defender has a booger in his nose. Maybe that defender got sweat coming at his eye right at that moment. And he closes one eye. I got to be able to know what he's doing. So I can't, I got to look at him and my, by me looking at him, he also is looking at me because he's trying to read my eyes because most receivers, corners say the receiver's eyes get bigger when the ball's coming. Right. Well, corners do things when the ball is coming too. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. I asked him, what are you looking at? Because when I was at practice, I said, he, he was running his routes. The dude was looking at the ground. Then he was looking off in his face. I'm saying, what is that corner doing? And he was like, I don't know. So looking at, I want to look at the corner. What is the corner doing? Is the corner going to jam his hands? Is the corner belling and running? Is the corner going to grab me? You have to know what's going on. And so knowing and looking at your defender, right? And I joke about it and I've said it and I've used different terms at times like on NFL, uh, you know, when they mic me up and I say, I like to look into the, I like to look into my victim's eyes. Bro, I'm, I'm really just kind of talking, but I have to look at, my defender, because my defender has a technique that I need to learn and understand what that technique is doing and benefiting him so I can learn to ben- for that information to benefit me. 
Yeah, it's the poker game inside the game. You're trying to read. You're looking Sometimes, for depending on the defender, it's poker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's chess. Sometimes yep. it's old maze. Sometimes it's go fish. <laughs> not not every corner, right? Of you course. You talk about no, the Hall of, of Fame. You talking about the Hall of Fame? I tell you, there was times I was playing checker and he was wearing my ass out playing chess, and that was uh, Darrell Revis. So, <laughs> you know, I, I went on Dur- I went on Revis Island a few times and disappeared. Man, they I, they had a whole. I was on a box. I was on a milk carton. I was posted <laughs> out at the post office. Agent eighty, actually, Steve Smith missing. Have you seen him? It's about the third quarter with the Carolina Panthers down in New York, and we have not heard from him. For the last 72 minutes. If we're going to pivot to corners, they got two pretty good ones or two pretty young good ones uh, out there. Uh, they took Witherspoon fifth. Jamal Adams comes back from injury. Uh, Quandre Diggs back there. They took Kobe Bryant, I believe, last year. And Tariq Woolen, who I believe had one of the highest interception percentages in the league last year in terms of when the ball was thrown towards him. He was going to catch it more often than the receiver that was near him. Mm-hmm. How is this how is this defense looking? How are they gelling? What what kind of ceiling do they have? Are we going to be looking at this team and San Francisco like we were a decade ago when they were fighting for supremacy in this division? Is it a repeat of that? I think this division is I I think this is a two-man race, right? I think it's the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. And if Brock Purdy is anything of what he has shown, if he can continue where he started minus the playoff injury, it's a two-man race. It really is. Now, how good the Arizona Cardinals will be, I'm not putting them up there that you're saying that they're in a 10-11 win um, type of team. I don't believe that. The Seattle Seahawks, uh, Woolen is on PUP right now. Um, what is he listed at for size? Size, yes. Let me see. I'm pulling it up right now. I think six, he's what six four. Six four two oh five is what they've got him at. He looked six five, bro. He looked like a <laughs> he looked like a damn small forward playing <laughs> corner. Like I'm like, I see why you're, bro. Length. Yeah. He was probably what a good three. Two and a half, three inches taller than Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Bro, just le- I would say legs were a little sticks, right? And which means that man can go probably six, five. I would say his wingspan, based off his height, puts him seven something. Remarkable, man. Quick, uh, just long, long, watching him play, admiring how well he played. And meeting him in person, and it was like, makes sense, bro. Makes complete sense. <laughs> That's all I can say. I just was like, and he he walked up to me, introduced himself. He was like, man, big old G, man. I, I learned something from you. I, I learned how to talk mess. And I was like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> um, but it just makes sense after meeting him in person. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm still shocked he didn't go higher just because of the size and speed. I think they got him the fourth last year. And, of course, he's super raw. He projected to be a project. Because of that. Yeah. Because of, you know, teams don't want to deal with projects because 
every scout, when you project a project, someone has to put their name on it. Mm -hmm. And when they're putting their name on it, that general manager, that owner, that head coach, they're going to bring your name up if that project is, is, is taking up space. Right. This game is about production. This game is also about um, how much did he cost? What are we getting in return? And when will we get our return on investment? How long would it take? I, I need that eight, four, five percent coupon immediately. The it's the not for long, but it's also instant gratification is needed immediately when a draft pick or anybody's brought in with the word project. Understandable. Uh, it's just so, t especially at that position where it's like, if this hits, boy, do we have quite a, a premium on our hands here, but I understand it. They went the other way this year. They didn't wait fifth overall. They took our boy spoon. Yes. How's he looking? Is he, is he bringing that Illinois toughness uh, back to Seattle? So I heard he hit somebody in practice <laughs> and it was no call for it. But that nastiness they want, they, what I said is, what I was told is a young player like him, he already knows that he's well-established and he has a lot of leeway, but he's coming out there establishing, hey, we're going to be dogs back here. He hit somebody clean, but he hit the out of them. He I just <laughs> hit the boo-boo. And, and, and Pete let it go because he, he wanted to see how he responded. It wasn't a hit and and – you know, celebrate. It was, that's what I do. Get back right. to the huddle. Right. So yeah, he, I, it was fun to see him. You can see he, he's, he's energized, ready to go. He, he and JSN a little bit opposite JSN. He has that dog in him, but he's quiet. Right. Right. Spoon. Nah, dog. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope. He'll, he'll let you know about it. He's going to, he's going to let you know the whole way. And, and I love it, man. It was fun. And with the spiciness already, think about it. They have music playing all practice yeah and yet i can still hear spoon <laughs> laughing and talking but it wasn't a derogatory it was just like the like the youthfulness laughing like you can you can hear his his tone was so infectious of like man i'm in a national football league and i'm gonna have fun which can definitely spread especially if you're setting the tone not just the, the but they already have it i tell you another guy Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. kind of like a silent assassin, bro. Just making plays, got the dark visor, almost seeming like, almost reminds me of Cam. Okay. Um, Cam Chancellor, like just kind of back there, going to hit you, going to give you a look, ain't going to really say much, but you know he's Roman, and he's Roman with bad intentions. <laughs> He was Cincinnati, like he was Sauce's partner, right? I believe. Yeah, they, they talked about the leadership. Sauce was the outspoken guy, but the leadership, uh, Kobe Bryant was there, and he's he's bringing that there uh, here in Seattle as well. And I imagine it was almost beneficial to play next to Sauce because even in college they weren't throwing at Sauce. And that Cincinnati team was top four uh, in the nation. Yeah. And so it wasn't like Kobe was giving it up on his end. No, he wasn't. Uh, when Bobby when Bobby Wagner left this team, it was kind of just he and Jamal Adams. It was a rebuilding defense. Now that he's yeah. back, I don't know if you got a chance to talk to him. Is he happy he's yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. Not just because it's Seattle, but because, hey, this feels familiar. This feels like when I first got here the first time around. Bobby's a vet, man. He, he comes about his business. 
he comes, you know, he comes in there with bad intentions, but he's the quarterback of that defense. He gets those guys uh, lined up. He communicates. Um, he just, uh, he's a, he's the calm before the storm. Yeah. But when he's out there playing, he's also the storm as well. They will take several steps forward because of having his great leadership with these young players who are thirsty and hungry to continue to show that last year and the last couple of years with these young guys are not a fluke, right? You talk about this, this Saint, this uh, Seattle Seahawks team. I mean, DJ Reed is with the New York Jets and he was part of this team a couple of years ago and he wasn't, he wasn't no slouch either. So they just keep turning and burning with quality corners and unfortunately, you know, not everybody can get paid, but the guys that they really, really like, they are honing in and bringing in young talent to continue that flow and fresh legs, fresh perspective, hungriness that you need. Because outside of San Francisco 49ers, they got the Rams, they got Arizona. How good Arizona? The question really with Arizona is they're not going to be as bad as people think, but they're not making a run for the playoffs, right? No. They're really not. But I can see the Seahawks giving a run for their money in some of these areas because the question mark with the Minnesota Vikings, how much will they bounce back with their defense? Where is Jordan Love with the Green Bay Packers? Will the Detroit Lions defense actually stop someone and will their offense continue to be potent? Chicago Bears, optimism, but you always got to go with the historic history right. of the Chicago Bears. So if you get one or two teams out of the North, you get one solidified team, I think, out of the South, and I'm not sure who that is. I think it's right. going to be one team who wins and three other teams who kind of just fight their way through that there'll be a possibly a bottom-tier team. Really, the division that really clogs it up is the NFC East. Yep. But the NFC West, I I believe, is a two-man race. And then the, and then the other two divisions are just kind of like we have to crown a winner, so you win. Yeah, I mean, so I feel I, I can see so I can see the Seahawks being quietly they they could be a number two seed overall and not really make a lot of noise just because that's just how it's gonna go well last year too they got off to that hot hot start and then the nfl shipped them to germany and that's kind of where the train came off the tracks and they they regained it a little bit in the second half but i was looking through their schedule and we can definitely go through it but they don't have that this year they don't have to go to the other side of the planet this year They've got back-to-back Thursday night games towards the, the second half of the season. But other than that, and the early buy, I, I hate the early buy. Uh, it's a pretty balanced and, and fair schedule. So if they just show yeah. up and handle their business, yeah, I don't think I don't think the division's out of question. I don't think the two seed, like you're saying, is out of question. Like this should be a very competitive team. Yeah, look at their schedule. They got the Rams, prom date. They got the Lions trying to figure it out. They got the Carolina Panthers. I think I believe that'll be interesting. The Giants, I believe they're challenging. That bye week is a little bit early. Wow. Cincinnati wow. Bengals coming out. What you say? What does that early bye do to a team? Is it 
you know, sometimes, sometimes depending on what happens is right on time. (laughs) Right. I think sometimes when it's later, it throws you off. It throws your rhythm off a little bit. Right. And I think that's what Germany did. It threw their rhythm off a little bit. Also, the bye week, I believe, can really help them because they're playing the NFC North. Yeah. So you got the Cincinnati Bengals. There's still a question mark with the Cincinnati Bengals. How this defense is really going to bounce back by losing so many key players. And then they have the Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. And then here's by week 10, which Washington Commanders team are we are, are, are they facing? Are they facing a Commanders team where Sam Howe is no longer the starting uh, quarterback or he's going through his rookie um, his 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 red shirt yeah, rookie yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, season is Ron Rivera uh, on the hot seat. Is this team have they traded away uh, Chase Young? And then you got the Los Angeles Rams again, <laughs> and then you got really where you start to get into the real play playoff testing teams: San Francisco 49ers, right? Can can and will. Steve Wilkes, go ahead and take that defense where he always takes a defense, which is top-notch. Dallas Cowboys, you know, how, where is Mike McCarthy? Is he still on? Is he still considered a really good coach? Or are they now already starting to say off with his head? Yeah. You know, he's Humpty Dumpty uh, putting them back together again. Um, then the San Francisco 49ers, then, hey, Philadelphia Eagles. Are they vibing and being like what the, what they have been? I don't see Jalen Hurts taking a step back anytime soon. Everybody that I've talked to out there talks about this man is not playing. He's taking this job very seriously. The bag did not hurt him. He's trying to get another bag. Oh, yeah. 49ers twice in 17 days. It was brutal for both teams, really. Like, that's mm-hmm. – that's Because they're physical. If, they're both physical. It's cold. It's like it's not a warm time of year to be playing them. And it's right pretty much a lead up to the playoffs. So we're getting two two free playoff games out of these teams right before the playoffs. And if they end up matching up in the playoffs, that there's going to be a badder blood than usual for division rivals just because they've just seen each other so recently. And then you yeah, got Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Arizona. That Pittsburgh game could be interesting just because I don't know what to think of that team at this stage. Like, Tomlin, yeah. Tom, Tomlin has a baseline. It's 500. He doesn't go below that. So they'll be around there at least. But where? what do their highs look like? How does Pickett look year two? How does everyone look year, year two under him? Yeah, I, you obviously you see Pickens is balling. You see why Chase Claypool was moved on. Pickens is that guy. He's a dog, very disrespectful when he catches the pass. And I, I love it till it's fullest. Um, Deontay. Uh, Johnson, you know, he's a guy that, man, he, I think he can play, you know, um, really the, it, the question isn't going to be, uh, can these guys play is, uh, how well would Matt Canada offense coordinator really put, uh, Kenny Pickens in position and utilize him and also run the ball, right? They, they, they've had to revamp this offense, offensive line too, because it struggled a little bit, right? It struggled mightily. Uh, made uh, Najim Harris kind of look average at times, uh, utilizing him almost uh, to the point where he's been the 
he's almost been the quarterback at times. And I don't think that's a lack of trust in Kenny Pickett. I just think they're just trying to figure it out. And Matt, and Matt Canada hadn't, uh, you know, he hadn't had a lot of pro experience. I've been very critical of him, but at the end of the day, it's the NFL, right? And and when you're, when you're, when you are offensive coordinator for a historical franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers, higher expectations are expected out of you. Oh yeah. And especially when you got some darn good football players as well. Uh, we, you, we talked about Pickens a little bit. It made me think of Georgia, which brings us back to Seattle. Charbonnet's hurt. Kenneth Walker's hurt. What's the buzz around Kenny, uh, Kenny McIntosh right now with Seattle? Because he was someone I've, as he was sliding in the draft, I said, this is a mistake. You Don't let the Georgia running back slide, and he slid right into Seattle. Small frame when you compare him to the other two guys. Yeah. However, explosive, uh, has some good reads. Uh, Coach, Coach Carroll in the offense, they run a football. So they're not afraid of running the football. They're not afraid to say, hey, guys, we're going to run the football. And guess what they're doing? Running the football. Over and over again, he looked pretty. I thought he looked pretty good to me. Um, you know, all these guys now are wearing hoods, so you can't always see the nameplate. Yeah, sure. But there's a few yeah. times I wasn't sure who that was, and then I was like, "Oh wow, he's put on a little weight, like like two pounds, right?" But he's still a up, <laughs> which is twenty percent of his body runner. weight. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's he's still an upright runner, and you still they're going to use him in the pass game as well. Right, right. Getting the ball in his hand is remarkable. And he doesn't he doesn't shy away or make you make a mistake. Uh, he I, let me rephrase that. When you throw him the ball, despite the way he looks, it's a mistake to come up there and think that's going to be an easy tackle. Right. Yeah. I mean, he survived the SEC just fine. I think. Yeah. I don't think his size is, is holding okay. him back. Yeah. Uh, I know you. You did something that'll be coming out during the season while you were up there. I'm very excited mm-hmm. to see that. Don't want to talk about it too much. Keep that surprise for the people. Give them a little something to look forward to. Yeah. All I would say, the new job that I'm doing, most interesting jobs, um, it really shows um, just how complex these guys' jobs are. There's mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, sometimes I even on the show, I get a little ADD. I go off in these rabbit trails <laughs> and, ooh, ooh, squirrel. Man, the current job that I'm doing right now, you have to be ADD and focus at the same time and multitask. Bro, a lot going on. A lot going on. I don't know how they get anyone to sign up for that. Truly, I don't understand how anyone ever is like, yes, that's for me. It's pretty good, It seems like a ton. Uh, Was there anything else that you saw or you wanted to hit on before we get out of here? We're, We're clearly both high on Seattle. Man, just going to these training camps, I, I just really see why uh, fans uh, get super excited, right? Sometimes I get stuck doing the same old thing with the same old folks and coming out to Seattle and going to all the different teams throughout training camp. Man, it really juices me up where I'm super excited. Now, you also you also got to know I'm on that Honey Badger this morning because I got my workout <laughs> in. You know, shout out to Honey Badger always getting me right with the BCAAs um, and the pre-workout. But, man, go, obviously going to Carolina, seeing all the fans there, right? The fans, Carolina are having a dual practice against the New York 
uh, uh, Jets. And there, you have to apply for the first 5,000 fans are getting rally towels in training camp. That's awesome. They're expecting 5,000 plus in training camp. And we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. For other folks, that's not a big deal. But that just shows, man, people get excited with new, young, fresh perspectives and young legs with rookies. Carolina's been exciting. Jets were exciting. Got to um, meet my guy, Method Man. Um, <laughs> now here in Seattle, how they do things. Exciting, refreshing. Then I head down to Jacksonville mm-hmm. in a couple of days from here. And then head to Pittsburgh. And yet, it's training camp. But just seeing how each camp does it. What style of music they play. What do they believe in the drills? What are they trying to get done? And it's just a different vibe that you don't get during a regular season because a regular season is uh, is this opponent, move on to the next opponent. This opponent, move yeah. on to the next opponent. In training camp, what I really love to see is you see the identity that is being built. You don't get to see that because that identity is already built throughout the season, whether you yeah. like the identity or not, right, whether right. you like the execution or not, but the identities are being built. Every single day, every single meeting, every single drill, and I, and you know that as a player. But when you see it, and you don't get to hear all the conversations and the talks and the meetings, I'm sitting back going, "Hmm, I like it." Or you can also see, you can see, I see players too. I'm going, I'm gonna watch out for that guy. I'm not sure about that guy. Interested in about this guy. So that that's what it that's what it gives me opportunity to do. And lastly, the scouts are like, hey, Steve, let me tell you about this guy. And, and Jake Bobo was one of those guys. It was a few guys too on defense. But Jake, Jake, Jake Bobo, I really walked away going, man, this this Joe Jared Vicious, this kid can play. Yeah, let me just put that back here. Uh, and, and when he explodes, we can we can cut this clip and post it and be like, we told you. Yeah. We or me? We. No, it's a team show. It's oh, okay. A, right. no, one's, <laughs> no one's bigger than the team. I'm laying that foundation. We're I also like in it. training camp. Uh, we're laying the foundation yeah. here. No one's bigger than the team. We play for the I bear. Like it. I like we it. play for the bear and the scissors. That's what we play for. Uh, but that's like cut it. to it. We will see you from Jacksonville. I'm very excited to hear uh, this is the most exciting time it's been to be a Jags fan, uh, really ever. So I'm very all in on Trevor Lawrence yeah. and his Jags. So I'm very excited to hear what you see live on the ground, boots on the ground. This has been another tremendous edition of Cut to It. I'm Coley Mix. Switched on you. I'm Steve Smith. See you. <laughs> we'll see you I'm later. Like it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it.